Want to go see your favorite college or pro team? Go to TickSplits. TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. Use promo code WAR and save 5% off on all purchases at TickSplits.com or on the TickSplits app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to all of your favorite events. Remember, TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. That's TickSplits, T-I-X-V-L-I-T-Z.com. Visit today. Welcome to another fun-filled Friday edition of Second City Sports Real Live and in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I am your truly Sid the Kid, Sydney Brown. My co-host, Miss Lakina McGee, will join us in a few minutes. She has uh, some technical difficulties, but the show must roll on. You can follow your truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. And... You can follow, uh, don't forget, you can follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, on, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, find Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms. And speaking of Sports Zone Chicago, also you can download that app wherever you get your apps. Make sure it says Sports Zone Chicago. If you miss any of our four live shows throughout the week, don't worry. You can listen to them and watch them at your own leisure, especially this weekend, which could be a potentially a dreary weekend weather-wise. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app today. You can catch great shows like Second City Sports, Sean and Maya in the Morning, What's Up Cuz, Sports 101, Jamal Harp, the Smoke Fellows who are coming on tomorrow. So make sure you catch all those shows on demand whenever you want at Sports Zone Chicago on the app. And you want to catch the audio version of this podcast, Second City Sports, you can do so by subscribing to our podcast at War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type this in your search engine boxes, W-A-R-R on Anchor, where you can catch Second City Sports, the podcast. And speaking of War Media, you can follow War Media on all social media platforms, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. As Lakina would say, subscribe. Subscribe, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. And also, don't forget, before we start today's show, Sports Zone Chicago is also now live and on demand on Roku TV. That's right. Roku TV is now uh, has a new home, and that's Sports Zone Chicago. You can watch Sports Zone Chicago's programming live 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, live in or, and or on demand. At Sports Zone, Sports Zone Chicago on Roku. You have a Roku TV. Just go into the sports section, type in Sports Zone Chicago, download the app. You can access Sports Zone Chicago whenever you like. And speaking of the White Sox, that's right. Liam Hitcher says he likes it too. Sports Zone Chicago is now on Roku TV. So once again, 
world if you have Roku TV, just click on the sports section, download that Sports Zone Chicago app, and you can access our programming live right there and for your own viewing and listening pleasure. If you have a comment doing our topic, uh, on any of our topics doing our two hour extravagance, we call it Sports Radio Show. You can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comments section. Lakina or your Shirley for right now will get them up on the screen for you. Let's kick off this Friday edition of Second City Sports by discussing Chicago baseball. Let's take a trip to the south side first as the White Sox are currently on the three-game winning streak. They get back on track by beating the Minnesota Twins at Target Field last night by the score of 12-2. La Pantera, a.k.a. Luis Robert, had a big grand slam back in the fourth inning. He had five RBI on the night. Jose Abreu, a.k.a. Pito, had two RBI. And Sebi Zavala, the backup catcher, had also had three RBI. And Andrew Vaughn had another home run last night. And speaking of Zavala, he had a big home run, a three-run shot in the ninth inning. The White Sox on the current A-game road trip, which they have a, they are posting currently a 3-2 and two record. This was very important for the Sox to get off the schneid against the Minnesota Twins because the Twins have dominated them in five out of first six games of the year. The White Sox jumped on them last night, uh, scoring the first two runs of the game in the first inning. Twins starting pitcher Sonny Gray didn't have it, but Johnny Cueto had it for the South Side. He's been a godsend ever since he, he was acquired in mid-April due to the injury of Lance Lynn, purchasing him in a minor league for a minor league contract. Johnny Cueto had movement on his fastball last night. He changed his arm, uh, arm slots and I like the way he delivers the ball and he keeps hitters off, off balance. And that's what he did last night at the against the Minnesota Twins. He had a couple of jams early, but that offense uh, kept it going, which helped him give uh, give the Sox some breathing room. So Johnny Cueto, he pitched a tremendous game last night, going uh, six innings, giving up seven hits, one earned run, only two walks, but had five big strikeouts. And that's what, like, what you like to see out of your uh, big name pitcher. Of course, he, in my opinion, He's the second best pitcher on the Sox next to Dylan Cease, who should have been named an all-star, but we'll see here in the next couple of days. Dylan Cease will get the start on Sunday to close out the first half of the schedule for the White Sox. But back to last night's game, the offense came alive for the Sox, and this is what we expected to see from this team uh, from the start of the season. But, of course, you had injuries, inconsistent play, inconsistent lineups, thanks to Tony La Russa, and a lack of execution uh, at many times and crucial times throughout the season. But last night, it all came together. And so could this continue for the White Sox? Sure. But recent play over the course of the season has, has given you uh, logic that it will not continue for long. But hopefully this trend will start to change and move in their direction. Of course, their their series continues tonight with uh, against the Minnesota Twins at 7.05 p.m. Central Standard Time from Minneapolis. Of course, Michael Kopech will take the bump for the Sox tonight. As I mentioned, as I mentioned, Dylan Cease will close out the first half of the season for the Sox against the Twins on Sunday. 12 runs. Uh, it's a lot for the Sox. This wasn't this was the case last year. It hasn't been the case this year. But you saw the White Sox taking advantage of, of the mistakes of the Minnesota Twins early. Sonny Gray, as I mentioned, who has been one of uh, the best pitcher for the Minnesota Twins starting-wise, he didn't have it last night. His breaking ball was all over the strike zone, didn't get it in the zone, got it out the zone. And when it came to the uh, came to the fastball, he let the right in the heart of the plate. You saw Lorise Roberts' grand slam. A tyrant shot into the second deck in left field. It was a beautiful thing to see if you were a Sox fan. And also, to Jose Abreu, we always talk about his – Slow starts April into early May, but 
He's picked it up. He had two more RBI last night, and he's playing a heck of a first base right now, and his bat is still hot right now. So can the White Sox keep it up? Sure. But they got to turn this thing around quickly. A good two-week stretch uh, will do it in terms of them being back above 500 and leading this AL Central division. The Minnesota Twins, they're not a great team. I've been saying this all year long. They're taking advantage of this early part of the schedule. Now they're uh, suffering through injuries and inconsistent play. They barely beat the Milwaukee Brewers on Wednesday with that walk-off home run. If it wasn't for that, they'll be uh, on another losing streak right now. So, And also you look at the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, I know the Guardians won their, make, won their makeup game yesterday. We'll get into that on the flip side of this break. But the Cleveland Guardians, even though they beat up the Minnesota Twins the last couple of weeks that, that they played each other, they haven't felt, fared well against against the, the other teams on their schedule. They, they split the four-game series against the White Sox. The White Sox, uh, after uh, losing on Monday, they split the doubleheader at Cleveland on Tuesday. They took care of them on, on Wednesday to sp split that four-game series. So the Cleveland Guardians, who I thought there would be a, a, a slight surprise after beating Minnesota the last couple of weeks they played on the schedule, it just has not happened for them. This is an opportunity for the White Sox to take advantage of both the team's uh, Achilles heel. The White Sox, uh, talent-wise, especially when they're fully healthy, they're the best team in this division. I know they still have injuries to Eloy Jimenez. Tim Anderson has just uh, just uh, now arrived on the scene. And Lance Lynn, he had a better performance the other night. Lucas Giolito has turned it around on, on, as, a, as, as a starting pitcher his last three starts, including his last start against Cleveland on Wednesday. So there are some encouraging signs. I want to ask this question. If you're a White Sox fan, go to our Facebook page at Sports on Chicago or on Sports on Chicago on, on YouTube. Are the White Sox back or are you waiting to see more? You're surely, I was encouraged by what I saw last night, but I'm still waiting to see more. We've we seen them go on two, three game winning streaks, win three out of five, win four out of six, but turn around and lose four out of six, five out of six, or five out of ten. And they've been a, a sub-500 team ever since this point last year, even winning the division and losing in that playoff series to the Houston Astros. Uh, are they slightly better than this? Yes, they are, but it's just they've been consistently inconsistent all year long. So hopefully the White Sox can turn it around and make hay against the central uh against the central division. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Friday edition, right here on Live in the Eleven Color on Sports on Chicago. Sid the kid here with you riding solo. Hopefully Lakina McGee will join me in a few minutes as she has some audio and technical issues that she's dealing with right now. So I'm riding this shotgun solo. Coming up at the top of next hour, we'll be joined by our guy, Sean Davis, formerly of ESPN 1000, now the co-host of the Lucky Left podcast with Florida Notre Dame Irish quarterback Malik Zaire. He'll hop on with us to talk about a little bit of everything, college football reshuffling, the White Sox, the Bulls, and the NBA. We'll have some fun with him, but that's at the top of next hour. Continuing with the White Sox before we hit the bottom of the hour break. White Sox fans, are you encouraged? by what you saw last night. Are you hopeful that this could continue to close out the first half against the Twins? And don't forget, around this time next week, when you start the second half of the schedule, have a big four-game series at home against the Cleveland Guardians. You can send a message to them as well. Are you encouraged by what you saw last night? Do you think the White Sox are back? Or do you, are you, like you're surely, a way-to-see approach to see if they can have the sustained success over the next couple of weeks that they can put together a nice a winning streak or two, winning 13 out of 15, winning 16 out of 20. 
If, if they could do that, they're right back over 500 and they are in control of this division, I believe. Now switching over to the north side, the Chicago Cubs are currently on a seven-game losing streak. Their game today against the New York Mets has been postponed. It's been moved to tomorrow. So the Mets and the Cubs will resume their series tomorrow on Saturday. It's a doubleheader. The first game will take place at Wrigley Field. All these games will take place at Wrigley Field, but the first game will be at 12.05. The makeup game will be at 7.05. So today's game will be made up tomorrow as part of the day-night doubleheader. Once again, Cubs Mets will play two tomorrow at Wrigley Field. First game at 12.05. Second game at 7 o'clock for you Cubs fans. The But for the Cubs, seven-game losing streak. Uh, it's not looking good right now. The Baltimore Orioles came into Wrigley Field uh, in a quick two-game series. They took two games from the Cubs. Uh, the Cubs have not looked good at all. I know they got swept by the Dodgers last weekend on the West Coast. And the New York Mets, to, to many people, are considered to be the best team in the National League next to Los Angeles Dodgers. They showed that last night. Brandon Nebo with a big home run in the sixth inning. Pete, the Panda Bear Alonso, had another one in the eighth inning with a tower shot into center field. Over the Ivy as the Mets shut out the Cubs by the score of eight to nothing. If you're a Cubs fan, you're waiting to see who gets traded next. Will it be Cal Hendricks? Will it be All Star Eden Hap? Will it be Wilson Contreras? Which I think it's a foregone conclusion. Who knows? Jed Hoyer, I know he came out uh, in the last couple of weeks and said this is not a rebuild, it's just a retool. Uh, we'll see what happens, but I think you still has more pieces that you could uh, get some value for off this team. And those key veterans uh, will bring something back for you. I know that their their, their minor league system is a little bit better than it was a couple years ago, but there's still work to be done on the north side. So once again, for the Cub fans, uh, uh, this is a a painful progress that you have to go through again. It seems like yesterday that you went through this progress when Theo uh, took over to work with Jay Hoyer and and look what the progress brought you. And also 2016 World Series and plus, and plus with the, all the other playoff appearances through 2015 through 2018, 2019, I should say. So that was the greatest stretch in Cubs baseball history. I know Jed Hoyer said that this this uh, retool slash rebuild is not going to take as long as the last one, but we shall see. As I mentioned, you have all those veterans out there that they could bring you back some value. We'll see what happens as the August 2nd trade deadline will, comes up the next couple of weeks. Bomb of the hour time. We have to take a two and two break. But when your surely return, we'll have the national baseball scene to talk about. We have NBA news to talk about. And we'll have some more uh, news and nuggets as well. I'm Sid the Kid. You listen to Second City Sports, the Friday edition. We're live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash, powered by the Score app, Sports Zone Chicago. The Chicago White Sox pounded out 17 hits yesterday in a 12-2 route of the Minnesota Twins at Target Field in Minneapolis. Starter Johnny Cueto went six innings, giving up one earned run and striking out five while walking two as he improved to 4-4 four four on the season. The White Sox now 44-45 at trail first place Minnesota by four games. The two teams are back at it tonight. The Cubs couldn't get anything going yesterday. They were blanked by the Mets. 8 to nothing. the final score. Keegan Thompson suffered the loss. He went four and a third, giving up five earned runs, striking out one while walking 
four in the loss. He drops to seven and four. The Chicago Bulls were winners over the Charlotte Hornets yesterday in the NBA Summer League, 89 to 73. Dalen Terry with 20 points and five rebounds for Chicago. The Bulls now three and one in the Summer League. In Las Vegas, Chicago's back in action tomorrow night when they take on the Philadelphia 76ers inside Cox Pavilion in Las Vegas. For lightning fast sports updates on scores as they happen, download the free score app today. It's absolutely free. I'm John Thayer on SportsZone Chicago. Research shows listeners don't like it when ads interrupt their music. So to help you remember that Liberty Mutual customizes home insurance, we made this ad optional. If you want to skip this ad, remove your left earphone. Liberty Mutual customizes home insurance, so you only pay for what you need. If you're missing this informative ad, you must love wasting your cash. It's the easy and smart way to save. Now it's all been said, so if that earphone was out, put it back in your head. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. At the United States Postal Service, we deliver with advanced technology and equipment so we can reach over 160 million addresses across the country. We're delivering for thinkers, doers, movers, shakers, groundbreakers, future makers, innovators, trailblazers, disruptors, streamers, dreamers. So no matter what business you're in, we'll always be delivering for you. USPS, delivering for America. Learn more at usps.com slash delivering. In Texas, first pitch hammered toward the bullpen, way back, and gone, a home run to the back wall of the bullpen, Vaughn hitting his ninth of the year, and it's 9-1. to one. Yeah, he got all that, he knew it immediately, oh, 108 miles an hour off the bat. Sorry about the glitches, folks. Welcome back to Second City Sports Live and in Living Color, the Friday edition, right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S I D K I D A Zero. That's S I D K I D A Zero. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kino Scrub McGee on the IG. Pardon my tardiness, my tardiness, folks. <laughs> You have a question, a comment for us during any of our topics on today's show. We have 90 minutes of extravaganza. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show Left. You can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, we haven't touched on the national scene of, of baseball yet, but I wanted to get your thoughts on the White Sox 12-2 win over the Minnesota Twins last night. I said that I was encouraged about what I saw last night. But I need to see more because we've seen time and time again after the six and two start early in the year, Lakina, that mm-hmm. the White Sox can win two, three, four in a row or four of the next uh, four or five games. Well, they'll lose six of ten, seven of nine, <laughs> and they've been a sub five hundred team that ever since. The oh, floor yeah. is yours. Yeah, I mean it's okay. Yeah, you won four in a row. Bravo. 
Bravo. Three. Good for you. Well, three, well, three in a row. Okay, but uh, I mean, okay, yeah, you set, you salvage the series against the Tigers, and then you salvage. Okay, you got. Okay, you won the first one against Minnesota. Okay, yeah, whoopie, whoopie, woo, woo, woo. Okay, let let's keep it going here. <laughs> but no, like I said, I mean, in inconsistencies. I mean, look, I, I still say I don't know who I forgot who it was from the Twins. I think I still think he might have been safe. But you know, I don't know if you touched on it earlier, Sid. But uh, you know, I I, I want to see more. Like I want to see, like okay, you know, we know they can do it. They're supposed to have the, you know, the the, the quote easiest schedule left after the All Star break. But I'm like, hey, you know what? I, I'm I'm a little ambivalent about the White Sox right now, and, I, and I'm sure we'll talk about about that with Sean in a little bit. But so just show me, just show me that you can do it. That you can be consistent with all the rumors that are going on and such. See if you can do it. And look, if you can do it, great. But if you can't, I mean. We'll see. You know, look, you, you look, you, you hit you hit the ball out of Sunday Gray last night. Robert had the grand slam that broke the game open. Great. But again, I need to see more. And that highlight of the Andrew Vaughn home runs, courtesy of Bally Sports North, the great Dick Brimmer, the twins, yes. longtime TV voice on the call, along with former twin and one-time Sox player Justin Morneau. Yes. Uh, they did the broadcast on the twin side last night. Uh, Lakina, I did bring this up at the top of the show, and I want to bring this up with you. I was watching MLB Central earlier today on MLB Network, and Mark DeRozan was pointing out Johnny Cueto's uh, recent success with the White Sox. Of course, he was picked up in the middle of April on the minor league deal because Lance Lynn started out the year on the injured list. And DeRozan was talking about the different arm angles that Johnny Cueto has been using, keeping hitters off off guard. And he got into a couple of jams last night, but when he needed to throw a, a big pitch, Johnny Cueto has done it. He's been doing it all year. He's the second best pitcher, in my opinion, on the White Sox ne next to Dylan Cease. Yeah, I mean, he has. I mean, he was that looked really good. Now, the thing is that can he keep it up? We've seen it in other teams that he's been at. He, uh, he starts off hot, had his nice little streak, but then he kind of fizzles out in the end. So that's going to be mm -hmm. sort of the thing for me. So like, it, will he be able to keep this up after the All-Star break? Okay, cool. But again, I need to see more, though. And also, too, what I like to see more of, and actually these couple of pitchers have turned it around, Lucas Giolito, his last three starts has been tremendous. Uh, even though he had five strikeouts in that win against Cleveland on Wednesday, he looked pretty good. Uh, Lance Lynn, he looked better. I still need to see more from him. I know he's going into his second month uh, since uh, coming off the injured list to start the year, but I need to see more from him. Uh, his last start, uh, uh, I was... I was not I, I was not encouraged uh, against against Cleveland, but he did start to show some signs a little bit. So hopefully he needs to have a hot second half of the season uh, mm -hmm. in that starting rotation. Michael Kopech, who starts tonight, uh, like I said, I was at his last start last Sunday against Detroit. He wasn't terrible. He wasn't great. Yes, it was Detroit, but he kept him in the, the Sox in the ball game. But he needs to turn it around against a big um, uh, Minnesota team tonight. Yeah, we'll see. Look, so we'll see what happens there because I think, look, I said I need to see more from the White Sox. I'm going to keep it simple because, like, like I said, I mean, they, we, they win three or four in a row sometimes, but then they go back to you know bad habits, like bad base running. Mm -hmm. You know, someone loses yes. the ball somewhere. So yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. <laughs> you know, one of those things where I mean, I feel like they're going to get the game in because the rain we're getting as we speak. You know, it just passed Minnesota, so weather shouldn't be a problem too. But again, we'll see how they fare. You know, finish up the All Star break. And I want to get your thoughts on the Cubs before we go national. Of course, uh, their game, as I announced on the top of the show, uh, they'll, they'll play, as Ernie, the late Ernie Biggs would say, they'll play two. Mm -hmm. They'll play two tomorrow. So the Cubs and Mets will play two tomorrow. Game one is at 12.05. Game two mm -hmm. is at 7.05. 
Lakina, uh, the Mets got out to a hot start last night, shutting out the Cubs. Another Brandon Nemo and Pete, the Panda Bear Alonzo with home runs for the Metropolitans. Mm-hmm. If you're a Cubs fan, as I said uh, in the first half hour, you're waiting for what other veteran or veterans will be traded at the August 2nd trade deadline. Yeah, I think that's what you're looking for. If you can get get some for Wilson Contreras, get some for Ian Happ, maybe even Kyle Hendricks. You know, this way you can kind of like try to build. You know, because they have the they have a pretty top ten uh, prospect list. So I I feel like if they can kind of get that going, maybe you know, look, we we'll see what happens with Contreras and even Happ, and we'll see if either one of them decides to come back after the season. But I think if you're mm-hmm. Jed Hoyer. I think you want to try and maybe you know see if you can what you can get for these you know veteran players. That's what you're, sort of what you're waiting for. And it looks like you know what I think Cubs fans sort of realize that this is a, a rebuild, a full on rebuild now. Mm-hmm. So you're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. We're live in the living color, the Friday edition. Sid Lakina here with you. Let's go national and talk about what's the, the best and worst from the world of baseball from this past week. I'll start the Cincinnati Reds taking two out of three in the Bronx against the Yankees. What is going on in your Seattle Mariners now? Winners of 11 in a row after a big comeback win at Texas last night. My Mariners, Julio Rodriguez. <laughs> you know, Julio Rodriguez. Look, Julio Rodriguez has been hitting the ball well for the, uh, the for the Mariners lately. He has 90 hits and 20 stolen bases for the All Star break. And he's a rookie too, so he probably could be mm-hmm. like one of the leaders for Rookie of the Year in in the American League. You know, since the first 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 introduced in you know 1933. Mm-hmm. So you know, just only only trailing you know fellow uh you know Ichiro fellow Mariner who did it like an 01 during his rookie season. So yeah, he's kind of started the trend. Their pitches, but their pitching has been really solid. So yeah, I think you know they I, they probably I, I doubt they'll you know they'll they'll catch the Astros. The Astros are even though yeah they did have didn't they kind of up and down with the Astros. I'm talking about, but. You know, look, I think the Mariners are kind of showing you that, hey, you know what? We're actually, yeah, we're actually pretty good here. So they're finally starting, you know, to show that, look, this is what we expected from them, you know, early in the season. Mm-hmm. And also, too, going back to the National League, the Braves lose two out of three to the New York Mets. Uh, I thought the Braves would show up mm-hmm. uh, all the way in this series. They haven't. I'm not saying that this in a in a East race is over, but uh, the Mets showed why they've been the better team in that division from start to finish. And so uh, that's one other thing that, that point that they got pointed out to me. Oh, Charlie Montoya, uh, yeah. the now ex blue Jays manager, getting the X before on uh, Wednesday's game against Philadelphia, which, uh, yeah. and what a coincidence they won. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I mean, look, it's one, look, I know that I know the blue Jays have been underachieving this year and such, but I don't think Montoya was the issue. At least I don't think it, he was, but you know, look. Sometimes you gotta, you know, maybe have fresh voices, you know, to throw a fire, throw a fire under a team's uh, belt. I mean, they lost yesterday, so it didn't really help that mm-hmm. much. But you know, I think it really is the pitching. They really need to address that, especially if they want to be right there for the uh, for contending one of those three wild card spots. So, I think you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, look. Some, sometimes it look, you know, Philly, they're they're right there in the you know, in the National League in the the wild card race. But you know, we'll see what happens mm-hmm. to the Blue Jays. I mean, they've been very disappointed. It's, Kind of as a whole, I mean, they're hitting, you know, of course, you know, we know Vlad Jr. does his thing, you know, Bo Bichette and such. Mm-hmm. Now, but it's like I said, it's, other than Guzman, their, their pitch has been the really been the big issue here at the Blue Jays. Yep. And also, too, uh, staying in the AL East, 
the the Tampa Bay Rays. What's going on with them? I want to Yoshi want to count wants to count them out, but they, they said, "Sid, hold on, we got some more baseball left." They swept the Red Sox in a big three game series earlier this week. That was crazy that they were able to do that. So I mean, they'd be on the four game, but they just you know, and someone was someone mm-hmm. were very close. I mean, you know, ten five and such. Look, we saw, and they think, look, you know, Yanni Diaz and you know. Taylor Walls, I mean, they're kind of like sort of leading the charge during that streak. So I think we're sort of starting to see it. I mean, yeah, I know the, you know, the, yes, the Yankees, the Yankee fans are kind of like already like, you know, losing their minds because they lost two out of three to the Reds. But, you know, yeah. I think, look, is this sort of that you want to see, you know, again, it's basically a battle for who gets those wild card spots. Will it be two teams from the ALEs? Will it be three teams from the ALEs? You know, that that's going to be sort of like the thing here, especially when it comes to the wild card races. Yeah, if I was a bandit man, even though you could bet legally now in many places, uh, I, uh, I think we said this all year long, like, you know, I think the three wild card spots will come out of the AL East. And look at don't look, don't look out now, but the Baltimore Orioles. I know they had the day off yesterday. They're playing in Tampa this weekend, but they're currently on a ten game winning streak. Now, what's going to do them man, is they don't have enough pitching. Right, and I think that's going to be sort of the thing. I mean, they've got look the, the, the town, they got the a lot of young town, but again, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm sure Baltimore, you know, Orioles fans are sort of like, hey, okay, we're not that bad. So you know, yes, they're in last place, but they're actually in a pretty good spot now. Again, they probably won't be contending for a wild card spot, but you know, they they start their series with the Rays tonight, so that's going to be interesting. That's probably going to be, I don't want to say it's going to be a litmus test, but again, mm-hmm. I mean, we know that the Rays have the pitching, so that's going to be the thing that sort of gets. The Orioles, but I think, but if you're look, if you're a Baltimore fan, you gotta be feeling you know, pretty good that you you're, you've won ten in a row. You're one of the highest teams in the league right now. So yeah, I think if you're pretty good now. On the flip side, though, the Phillies they've lost four in a row. You know the inconsistencies again with their with the hitting and the pitching and such. I mean, what do you think about that? Well. This is what happens when you don't have one of the best players in the league on your team, and Bryce Harper, who's currently out with a, a big injury. Uh, he says he's going to return later on this season. We don't know when, but until then, Philadelphia has to scrape up some wins together. I know Kyle Schwarber, who's participating, by the way, in the home run derby contest coming up on Monday from Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. But uh, outside of Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler, Lakina, <clears throat> I'm not impressed by Philadelphia's starting rotation, and that bullpen is hit and miss as well. I know they got together. And there's a little bit of source since Joe Girardi uh, was let go about over a month ago. But I don't trust their certain rotation past the, the two starters that I mentioned in their bullpen. I, I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. So it's, it's <laughs> yeah. going to be tough for them because you already got the Braves and the Mets ahead of you. And the NL wildcard pitcher, we talk about, we talk about the AL wildcard pitcher. The, uh, the NL wildcard pitcher could be tight as well. And we'll go to the other teams that's contending in just a moment. But uh, Philadelphia, there's really little room for error. Yeah, they may have to make some uh, tough decisions there during the trade deadline. Also, to look at the Dodgers. Just when people were, you know, already saying that the Dodgers, you know, they're going to throw, you know, you know, folks against the wind and such. Now they're winning <laughs> nine of their last, look, they didn't win nine of their last ten. I mean, they, they yep. you know, win two out of three against the Cardinals. So, mm-hmm. you know, for shutting them out last night. So what do you think about that? I mean, like I said, just when you thought that maybe, you know, oh, you know, car, you know Dodgers fans were already trying to, like, freak out, like, you know, fire Jay Roberts. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. here you go. You, they've won nine, they, nine of the last ten, so here you go. Yeah, Clutch Henning <laughs> has been a name in the game for the Dodgers. They haven't had the pitching uh, over this uh, recent stretch, but they have enough talent on that off, uh, offensively mm-hmm. to uh, to carry them through. Max Muncy, Freddie mm-hmm. Freeman, Mookie mm-hmm. Betts. So mm-hmm. that's still a dangerous lineup, so – uh, when the pitching, uh, when it decides to come together to join the office, they're the best, the, one of the best, if not the best team in baseball. So they found different ways to win uh, in that St. Louis series. I had a chance to catch some of that series. 
even though he wasn't one of my favorite rappers, but shout out to Nelly. Uh, he was there the other night mm -hmm. when Alvin Pujols hit his uh, uh, legendary home run. Uh, Pujols yes. gave him some love behind home plate, behind that net. But yeah, that was cool. Back, yeah. Yeah, but back to the Dodgers. Uh, it was clutch hitting that series for them. They made the plays when they had to. St. Louis is going to be tight between them and the Milwaukee Brewers. Both those teams are not great in the NL Central, but uh, uh, St. Louis will hang around uh, uh, to the NFL for, for, for that division title or, or one of those three wild card spots. Chip, that be that. That's going to be that's the you know both the wild card races are going to be really you know tight as well. And, uh, look at the uh, what, well, what about the Colorado Rockies? They beat the, the Padres. <laughs> so they sweep them at home and over at Coors. Yeah. And, uh, Chris Bryant yeah. sort of leading the charge. He's starting to kind of you know, heat up a little bit for them. Yeah, San Diego, no, you Padres fans are saying, here we go again, because what were we talking about last year, Lakina, around this time after the All-Star break? The reason why they lost the, the wild card spot in, in perhaps the NL uh, West division title, even though the Giants were having a tremendous year last year. They were losing games to teams they weren't supposed to lose to, the Diamondbacks, the Rockies. <laughs> it looks like mm -hmm. it may happen again. I know Fernando Tansy Jr. has been out for the majority of the year, but I think this is when a, a manager in Bob Melvin makes a difference. Unlike a year ago, we heard all kinds of stuff coming out of that clubhouse. You ain't hearing mm -hmm. none of uh, anything of that sort this year. So I think San Diego will be okay as far as securing a, a wild card spot for the playoffs. Yeah, I think so too. I think this is when having somebody like a Bob Melvin who's been through this, who has a you know World Series mm -hmm. to his under his uh, belt. So I think you know having that green, that veteran, you know, managing presence. So I think, you know, the Padres, you know, unlike last year when the wheels just, you know, completely fell off. Now I mm -hmm. think, you know, they'll, 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 they should be okay. Now, this is interesting, for, you know, for me, excuse me, that um, looking at some of the stats as we get, you know, of course, this will probably change as we get closer and closer to the All-Star, you, know, you know, to the weekend coming mm -hmm. up. I mean, look, look at some of these leaders. I mean, home runs, you've got uh Aaron Judge you know as of right now with 31 you got you know Schwarber at 28 you know on you know on ERA side of course you got Shane McClanahan who's kind of leading the way there for that pitching that I was talking about you know Alcantara from uh from uh, the Marlins you know he's up there too Justin Roman what a great comeback for him after mm -hmm. his injury issues RBIs you know Pete Alonso is the lead is in the league there you know, Freddie Freeman, you know, most hits only, but only you know, Paul Goldschmidt's right behind him. So, yeah, who are kind of like your sort of, you know, we'll probably get more into this, you know, on Monday, but Monday, yeah. yeah, but, you know, again, like who's kind of like sort of like that, that player or that team that you're kind of like, oh, okay, I think, oh, I wasn't expecting this, but probably McClanahan. I know he, him and Dylan Cease are battling now for the AL lead in strikeouts. Mm -hmm. um, McClanahan is, is there because uh, the Tampa's a uh, consistent uh, best starter, in my opinion. And I watched his start the other day against Boston. Uh, he changed his speeds uh, just when you think he's gonna throw you that fastball, that breaking ball just breaks just uh, right when you but you think it's a fastball, just breaks right down, you swing and miss. And he, uh, also, he has a uh, great control on the mound as well. So, uh, he's he's a very good pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, we talk about Freddie Freeman, Lakina. Uh, the Dodgers did pick up a good player. I know mm -hmm. we, we talked about the side stories when he went to Atlanta a couple of weeks ago. We won't get into that again. But uh, Freddie Freeman, Freeman uh, he's a big addition to that Dodgers lineup. You can play some at first base. You could DH him. So he's a very versatile player uh, in that realm, even though he's starting to get older just a little bit. But you can stick him in in that lineup, as I mentioned, with Mookie Betts and Max mm -hmm. Muncy and Chris Taylor when he returns, hopefully after the All-Star break from his injury. 
uh, that Dodgers lineup is impressive. It, just, it, it got more impressive when the season started when they added Freddie Freeman. Well, again, you know, that that's turned into legal, illegal matter. So again, we will definitely talk about that. But uh, yeah, I think he's definitely made a difference for the Dodgers. I think you look, I mean, in games where especially when the bullpen doesn't, you know, kind of, you hope we go get them yeah. But yeah, the, the clutch. Yeah, Craig Kimball's job might be in jeopardy. Yeah, they might. They might be bringing in somebody else, just saying. But, uh, yeah. you know, you know, the trade deadline. But yeah, I mean, it's sort of one Maybe of Rick Hahn, the GM, where the White Sox doing what he was doing for once. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe so. But yeah, it'll be interesting. Like I said, I mean, if the Dodgers can keep it up, I think you know some yeah. of the games that they lost prior, you know, last season, they would you know they're actually are mm-hmm. winning some of those games. So yeah, I think it's gonna be interesting to see what the Dodgers do. You know, especially you know as we get close and close to the trade deadline in a few week in a couple of weeks. So this is gonna get very interesting. We'll see what some of these teams do now going into um, the the schedule for this weekend. Hmm. Excuse me. Uh, we got Philadelphia and Miami. You'll have 540, you know, at the start time there. You got Atlanta and Washington. That should, you know, Atlanta should be able to get back on track there. Boston hoping to kind of get back on track. And New York, you know, they're trying to smart. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get that bad taste of that red series out of their mouth. So that should be a, a fun yeah. one again. <laughs> yeah, big series for both teams. Like you said, they're both of them coming off a losing uh, series. Of course, the Yankees to the Reds and um, the Red Sox getting swept in Tampa. Yeah, so... <laughs> You know, both team, both these teams need these series for various reasons, so that mm-hmm. should be fun. Uh, Kansas City and Toronto. Now, okay, now this is where it gets a little bit interesting, folks. <clears throat> About half the roster from the Royals, the regular roster, will not be there because if you remember, Toronto still has that rule where you have to be vaccinated, or if not, mm-hmm. you're, you won't be able to play. You know, we saw that with Dylan C. You know, a few weeks ago with the White Sox. About half the players from the Royals are not vaccinated, so they had to get to call in guys from the minors to fill up their rosters. <laughs> So that'll be uh look if you're Toronto, you better try to take advantage of that. <laughs> yeah, the Royals actually won the first game of that four game series last night, three to one. I forgot who the player was, but he got his first hit and it turned out to be a home run. It was a difference maker in the game. Yeah, no so pun intended, Lakina, but uh will it be that much of a difference? Uh, uh excluding last night, of course. Will it be that much of a difference watching the Royals? <laughs> no well, pun intended, but <laughs> would you well, tell the difference the way they played? <laughs> Well, look, if you're Toronto, you better try and at least win this series because, look, yeah. you have no excuses because you're the much better team, <laughs> you know, all, all that aside. So, mm-hmm. you know, better get it together there. Uh, Detroit and Cleveland, you know, in the AL Central, you know, I'm sure I guess the Detroit will be able to help out the White Sox there. Uh, Seattle tried to extend their winning streak against Texas. That was a, I saw a little bit of that game last night. That was a very thrilling game yeah. last night. Of course, you know, Sox and uh, Minnesota, of course, you got. Oakland and Houston, uh, Cincinnati and St. Louis. You know, Cincy, look at look at the Reds. You know, they're coming. <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> of course, St. Louis, well, Louis. They're trying to smart from there after getting swept as well. So uh, they they you know they need the series too. You know, probably more. Pittsburgh and Colorado. That'll be the first game uh, on Apple TV Plus. But we have actually have a good friend of ours who'll be calling the game. Uh, yes, field reporter Russell Dorsey. Hey, well, we gotta get him back on. I know he's been busy. You know, he's got you know, his yeah, job stadium, yeah. and of course, you know the uh, uh, the rally. Yeah. Jason, oh, speak, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and speaking of the rally, for you, for you folks at Marquee Sports Network, who are owned by Sinclair, by the way, uh, no one cares about Let's Play Two airing every day. Air the rally at three thirty on Marquee Sports Network in Chicago. That is all. Pardon my dumbass. <laughs> 
Go on. <laughs> all right. All right. As a, as with that, with that said, that'll be the first game that Apple TV Plus double header. You got the Battle of Los Angeles. You got the Dodgers and the Angels. Both teams are going in different directions. Oh, that should yeah. be a fun series. Uh, the second game of the Apple TV Plus total header, you got Arizona and San Diego. San Diego hoping to kind of get back on track. I guess a, a Diamondbacks team to have given them some trouble this year. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens there. And also, too, the last one, at least Milwaukee and San Francisco, they start their series. And, of course, you know, the Mets and the Cubs, you know, have been postponed due to rain. They'll be playing, too, like I said, said tomorrow. And going into Saturday, I'll let you do that, Sid. Uh, this uh, the Fox Saturday game of the week will be the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees. Most of the country will get that. For those of you in the state of Wisconsin, in the state of California, you'll get the Brewers at the San Francisco Giants. So, as we always say in the business, check your local listings for game and time in your area. So that's the Fox Saturday baseball schedule uh, for uh, for Saturday, and that, of course, that'll be the last broadcast before the All Star All Star game which takes place on Tuesday. You can watch that on Fox. And for the national TV schedule for Sunday, remember, no Sunday night baseball this week because of the All-Star, All-Star festivities. Uh, at 11 o'clock on Peacock, Sunday morning, Kansas City at Toronto. Hmm. That'll be, yeah, that interesting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so the, the, the missing Royals against the struggling Blue Jays. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. For I didn't think. I didn't think. I don't think Peacock expected this storyline. No. no, 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 no. They'll be talking. I'm sure they'll be. I wonder how much will that be talked about. Also, to ESPN Plus will have Cincinnati and St. Louis, and also mm-hmm. to going back to Saturday, you've got the FS1 game of the week. You got Detroit and Cleveland, and of course, the Los Angeles battle battle between the Dodgers and the Angels will be on ESPN Plus. You know, tomorrow night at nine oh seven. Right, so get that's your your schedule for MLB for the last weekend before the All Star break. You're listening to Second City Supports, the Friday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. We're wrapping up our number one. Our number two will be lit, as the kids will say, coming up with mm-hmm. both our guests, Sean Davis of the Lucky Left Podcast, formerly of ESPN 1000. And we'll have our girl, Miss Christine, the Queen Manica, at the bottom of next hour to give us her take on sports, entertainment, and more. Lakina, we got a couple minutes left before the bomb, uh, the, the before the hour break. Uh, the NBA, DeAndre Aiden, the Indiana Pacers uh, signed up to an offer sheet, mm-hmm. but Phoenix Suns said, no, you get your butt back here. Four years <laughs> at 133 mil. <laughs> I was a little shocked that they, they didn't, that didn't take long at all. I thought that maybe they probably would have waited maybe about a day or day, but they had 48 mm-hmm. hours. So the fact that they were able to do it like within like a couple of hours made me realize that, okay, yeah, they can't. And you know, the bad news for all you Suns fans, they'll you can't get that KD now because that money is – you know, going more towards the uh, that might be it might be his agent calling. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, yeah, don't uh, be dug like golly. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, mm, that's a whole nother that's a whole other topic. But uh, right. yeah, but yeah, I, I mean, yeah, look, I think the fact that they did it so quick, I think they realized that they wanted uh, Aiden to be a part of their future. And I also feel like the fact that again, you won't be able to, like I said, they won't be able to get the you know, OKD now because of it. They mm-hmm. had to put all that money. Look, get look. Hey, look, Aiden, get your bag. You know, you've earned it. But yeah, I mean, this unfortunately will. You know, they're no longer in the KD sweepstakes. And and also too, uh, do you think that the Phoenix Suns window of championships is closing? I think next year will be will be perhaps the last year that is open, not wide open, but open enough for them to take advantage. We saw what they did in the finals in twenty twenty one. They lose to Milwaukee after leading that series uh, two games to none. And of mm-hmm. course, this past season. 
that looked horrible in that, uh, in that game seven at home against Dallas. Yeah, I think that's going to, again, we'll have to wait and see if they're able to make any more moves because that would really starting to close. You know, uh, CP3 is not getting any younger. So if you're mm-hmm. uh, the Suns, you better try and strike now. So we'll see what happens. Yep. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two straight ahead. You're listening to the Friday edition of Second City Sports. We're just getting started. I'm Sid Deslakina. When we return, Sean Davis, good friend of ours, formerly of ESPN 1000. Now he's hosts his own podcast with Malik Zaire. That's the Lucky Left podcast. He'll hop on with us to talk Bulls, White Sox, college football, and perhaps a whole lot more. And, of course, Christine, the Queen Manica from KXRB, joins mm-hmm. us at the bottom of the hour. She makes our return for our bi-weekly sports commentary of entertainment and more. You're listening to the Friday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash, powered by the Score app, Sports Zone Chicago. The Chicago White Sox pounded out 17 hits yesterday in a 12-2 route of the Minnesota Twins at Target Field in Minneapolis. Starter Johnny Cueto went six innings, giving up one earned run and striking out five while walking two as he improved to 4-4 four four on the season. The White Sox now 44-45 at trail first place Minnesota by four games. The two teams are back at it tonight. The Cubs couldn't get anything going yesterday. They were blanked by the Mets. 8 to nothing. the final score. Keegan Thompson suffered the loss. He went four and a third, giving up five earned runs, striking out one while walking four in the loss. He drops to seven and four. The Chicago Bulls were winners over the Charlotte Hornets yesterday in the NBA Summer League, 89 to 73. Dalen Terry with 20 points and five rebounds for Chicago. The Bulls now three and one in the Summer League in Las Vegas. Chicago's back in action tomorrow night when they take on the Philadelphia 76ers inside Cox Pavilion in Las Vegas. For lightning fast sports updates on scores as they happen, download the free score app today. It's absolutely free. I'm John Thayer on SportsZone Chicago. Research shows listeners don't like it when ads interrupt their music. So to help you remember that Liberty Mutual customizes home insurance, we made this ad optional. If you want to skip this ad, remove your left earphone. Liberty Mutual customizes home insurance, so you only pay for what you need. If you're missing this informative ad, you must love wasting your cash. It's the easy and smart way to save. Now it's all been said, so if that earphone was out, put it back in your head. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. At the United States Postal Service, we deliver with advanced technology and equipment so we can reach over 160 million addresses across the country. We're delivering for thinkers, doers, movers, shakers, groundbreakers, future makers, innovators, trailblazers, disruptors, streamers, dreamers. So no matter what business you're in, we'll always be delivering for you. USPS, delivering for America. Learn more at usps.com slash delivering. What, with a test or something? It's all about the future and the money, the draft picks, things of that nature. Because, quite frankly, this roster sucks. It's just the reality of it. It's not a good roster. There's no players there. Mm. I mean, think about it. They've, They've only got... Two or three players that could probably start for another team. Two to maybe three. And that's it. Yeah, one of their best players wasn't there for minicamp, Robert Quinn. That's right. That's right. And you know what? You run the risk, though, as you. 
More often than not, Wisdom stays on the left side. That's drilled center field. Ortega back. Ortega at the wall. And you watch that go. Alonzo with a home. It's all about the future and the money, the draft picks, things of that nature. Because quite frankly, this roster sucks. It's just the reality of it. It's not a good roster. Well, There's no players she, there. Mm. I mean, think about it. They've they've only got two or three players that could probably start for another team. Two to maybe three. And that's it. Yeah, and one of their best players wasn't there for minicamp, Robert yeah, Quinn. That's right. Point. That's right. And you know what? You run the risk, though, as you are preparing for the future. And I get it. Look, yeah. I understand that this is a long-term type of thing that they're, that they're on right now, a long-term track. But in the meantime, Justin still has to play games. Yeah. They're going to play 17 of them this year. Thanks for watching ESPN on YouTube. For live streaming sports and premium content, subscribe to ESPN+. Welcome back to our number two of Second City Sports, the Friday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, all along with Miss Lakeem McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's SIDKID80. SIDKID80. Oh, my darn, the green screen isn't giving it the cooperating. Uh, I'm fading it out, folks. I'm wearing my green shirt. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina McGee on the IG. We have an hour left of this extravaganza. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you want to reach us for any comments or questions, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions and or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. That audio clip. From is courtesy of ESPN from NFL Live from yesterday. That was Keyshawn Johnson, Jeremy Fowler, and Laura Rutledge on the ESPN's NFL flagship daily program, NFL Live. So we await our guest, Lakina. We'll talk about the Bears a little bit. I know training camp will training camp will start less than two weeks from now, and head coach Matt Eberflus will be entering his first year as a head coach of the Bears. Lakina, in the clip, they were talking about Robert Quinn not being there. Do you see him getting traded at some point before the season starts, or do you think he's going to be there to teach some of those young guys to uh, bring the message along to get some of these young guys uh, up and going in their NFL careers as they, uh, as the Bears are trying to uh, make their way uh, as establishing an identity under this new staff? Lakina, you're muted. Oh, well, hello. Uh, <laughs> well, darn it, a little it glitchy happens. here today. But yeah, that's yes, true. But yeah, I mean, the whole thing with the, with the look, I, I saw those comments from Key, and I, and I think, look, he didn't mince any words. And I'm wondering, I mean, you know, I, look, I'm sure that's that's where we're going around, especially when they, you know, they traded Mac and such. You know, some people are wondering, like, okay, is it only a matter of if, but when they trade Quinn? But you know, it will be interesting because you, you can't get value. You can probably get maybe a fourth or a fifth round of uh, rounder for him because. You know, a little bit of injury, but he's been, but he's always productive when he is healthy. So I think that's going to be sort of the thing here. And hopefully, we'll, you know, as we wait on a shot, hopefully he can answer this too. But I think you're going to try to get something for you. Maybe, maybe try to do it now. And you know, there, this is going to be a bottom tier team this year. This is sort of like going to be sort of resident of the perhaps maybe even the Levy Smith era. And you wonder, like, okay, maybe they might not be very good. You know, yeah, I know people will say, well, the schedule, the schedule's a little bit easier. They might, yeah, they're probably maybe six or seven games. Okay, cool, but. 
you know, uh, but again, this roster is not that good. Now, I wouldn't say they stink. I, I wouldn't go that far because they got, you, you got Fields. You, know, you don't know how he's going to how he's going to be in this new offense. You got Moody. You know how he's going to you know fare in the offense as well. You, you don't know how the deep, what the defense is going to look like because you got like most of like like younger with such a Quinn. You got most of the younger guys. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I'm wondering like, well, where 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 Bears fans like. I know Bears. I'm sure there are probably a good couple that are like, oh, yeah, they might you know be right there at 500. But I, I don't, I don't see it. I think, like I said, if they win seven games, you know, five to seven games, I mean, that considered like a good accomplishment. But mm-hmm. if you're wondering, you probably want to maybe perhaps maybe finish in that top ten, especially if Fields doesn't do very well. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Also, too, you have uh, two versatile running backs at Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery. I know Montgomery was nicked up as many points uh, during last year but he's still one of the best versatile backs in the national football league of course he led he was in top three top five and and missed tackles after first contact so we all know that he can get tough yards but with Khalil Herbert backing him up and Matt Eberflus uses these running backs properly that's going to help Montgomery he he doesn't have to carry the ball 25 30 times a game he can get his rest and let Khalil Herbert carry uh, the rock as well and so the question is for me going to training camp how much is Justin Fields has uh, learned uh, the new system with men Eberflus in the new offensive coordinator? I know they just acquired Nikhil Harry from the New England Patriots. Bill yes. Belichick said he's not going to work out for us. Uh, uh, on paper, they don't have the playmakers. I know they drafted Caleb Jones out of Tennessee, which I think he's eventually going to be good. But we just don't know how this Bears offense will stack up. Uh, on paper, maybe they'll surprise us and put up 30, 40 points a game. I doubt they'll do that much, but mm. it just looks bleak when you look at it on paper. But that's how the old saying goes this is why you play the games. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, Nikhil Henry of the name sounds familiar. He was all Pac 12, he was very highly touted from Arizona State. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it didn't work out over there in New England. You know, we'll see if it's, you know, if maybe a change of Syria will help him and such, but you don't know how he's going to, you know, be in that offense. Look, you don't know how what Justin Fields is going to be in that offense. So, you know, we mm-hmm. talked about you know Jay Cutler's comments and such. You know, he says hopefully you know they'll you know the fans will give him time. But at this point of the season, at, well, at this point of this juncture, as we start in the training camp next week, mm-hmm. or at least it's sort of like you know sort of like you know the 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 start of it. You know, there's going to be a lot of questions. And look, I, I don't know if I'm like, nervously excited as such. You got a new regime, you got a new coaching staff. I mean, you know, totally new staff. I mean. I don't know. I mean, like, I know, I know some people want don't want to say that the Bears might be the worst team in the league. Now, I don't like I said, I'm not gonna say the roster stinks. They just don't have a lot of mm-hmm. bodies right now. And let's be honest here, Lakina, they're waiting till uh, next offseason where they have the, the mm-hmm. potential have the most cap room in the National Football League, so they can get the uh, di- playmakers and the different difference makers that they need on this team. And also, too, Roquan Smith, your young stud linebacker, he's due for a contract extension, which he deserves right now. So for the Bears, this is a filling out process this coming year. I know many fans fans don't want to hear it, but you got to see who's going to be here for the long haul and who's going to stick it out. Let's be honest here as well. You're going to have injuries, especially in training camp. Your backups Mm -hmm. better be ready because if they're not, they'll be exposed and be exposed badly. 
Yeah, and that's not that's not a good look, especially if you're if you're a new coaching staff, you're a new like mm-hmm. uh, front office. It's basically just a new regime. I mean, you don't want to. Well, if they've already had like you know multiple guys arrested. That's you know we won't get into that. But <laughs> Google you is know, your friend, as you would say. Google say yeah, Google, yeah, Google it, folks. That's what it is. But uh, I mean, at this point, I'm I'm kind of like I'm just sort of like eh, you know what? Uh, okay, whatever. I mean, like I said, we'll 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 have we'll we'll hopefully we have some people on next week to talk bears because I think they can answer the you know, better than we can but I, i'm wondering like at this point i mean i think you're just sort of like you said just kind of feeling things out you know how how these guys are going to look with this new with this new kind of like different offense different stuff and here's our buddy uh, andrew on youtube you know andrew Bajek. what's up andrew he says he's scared for the bears offense line. i was just going to bring up my next point that was my next point andrew uh thank you for checking in you could do the same thank thing you. at sports zone chicago on Facebook or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get the bump on the screen for you. For you. That was going to be my next point, Lakina. Uh, the offensive line has been in shambles forever, going back to the John Fox era. Of course, we all Please. saw what happened with Matt Nagy outside of uh, 2018. Uh, <laughs> that, I'm, I'm worried about that more than the playmakers at wide receiver, more than Eddie Jackson's uh, inconsistency at safety. Uh, my first concern is that offensive line because if you don't have a strong line, you cannot protect Justin Fields, and that running game is going to look worse. Yeah, because they go run, they go run away from people instead of run through them, running through them. If you know what I mean. Well, and I think that's going to be sort of the thing, right? I mean, if you're if you're kind of in that sort of like in that realm of okay, you know, the old line, especially you're going to be yeah, yeah, the competition is not going to be that tough, but yeah, you're going to be you know facing some pretty solid defenses so if you don't have a solid old line or a, a consistent one at that then yeah you, you make mm-hmm. this might be a long season for the bears and for that old line so and poor justin Fields probably gonna be running for his life a lot so you don't <laughs> want, that's not what you want so i'm, I'm kind of like i'm with andrew like i think i think yeah there should there should be some it should be a little bit scared for that bears old line but yep. uh yeah i, I mean I, I i don't know like i said i mean it's sort of like I said, this is going to be sort of like I said, a feeling out process. I know Bears fans should not expect much this year. Just sort of like see if because you know if if Justin Fields is going to be the guy. If not, you know there's going to be a big quarterback class coming out next year. So you know, for your other things too and such, like you said, with the big the cap room and you're going to have a lot of that dead mm-hmm. money off the books now. You'll be able to spend. So again, we'll have to wait and see what happens. A couple more things about the Bears before we move on, Lakina. Do you think how much do you think they'll use the tight end? We saw uh, gl- uh, glimpses and flashes of Cole Komet the last couple of years under that old regime in Matt Nagy. He looked nice, but I want to see more of him. How much of the tight end do you think they'll use in his offense? Because that's going to be key as well. Cole Komet, yeah, I mean Cole Komet is sort of like um. Like I, I look, I was hoping he does. I hope he, he does well, but they're not really using him now. Again, this offense seems like it's a little more tight end friendly, but again, you just don't know. Like especially like you like you said with the old line and such. So this is going to be mm-hmm. sort of the thing where will we see Cole Komet? We'll see some of the other like twelve uh, tight ends. That's probably what they have asked and changed under this regime. Like you still got about like a, about a dozen tight ends on that roster. So again, we'll see what happens here and here and uh, here's a uh, our, our buddy Andrew again with a nice uh, Bears fans wear a paper pack over your heads this year. <laughs> yeah, there's gonna know. be a whole lot of that this yeah. year. Soldier yeah. Field. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you might you might be right about that, Andrew. Again, you know, like so mm, I, I don't know. I, mean, I feel like sort of 
again, we'll get, like I said, we'll get bored to like really, like really fully in depth until once, you know, we training camp and such, but I don't know. I mean, if you're a Bears fan, look, this is what you wanted. You want a whole new regime. You got, you got a new regime. You got like a whole new sort of, you know, like a whole new roster where you still need bodies. So, I mean, look, let me look, look, uh, okay, we'll talk. Let's, okay. So like, here's your old line as of right now, of course, Tevin Jenkins, we'll see how he looks. Um, Cody Whitehair, Lucas Patrick, Willie Wright, Larry Borum, of course, Kari Bassett game. That's somebody they picked up. So yeah, I don't think, yeah, if you're a defense, I don't think you're very scared by that, but I don't want <laughs> Maybe by Cody Whitehair, that's about it. I think Tevin Jenkins, if he stays healthy, he'll, I think he'll definitely be a good one, but he needs some more playing time. Of course, he didn't play that much during his uh, rookie year last year due to injury. But outside of Cody Whitehead, like you said, no one scares you if you're a defense. And look at no. that. <laughs> well, that's just other than the you know, Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith. I mean, yeah, well, Jalen Johnson, of course, Eddie Jackson, uh, Jaquan Brisker, uh, Matt Adams, who they picked up, Nicholas Moreau, um, Justin Jones, you know, Kyrus Tonga. Aquadine Muhammad's like with the exception maybe like three of those uh three of those names. I mean, does any does that does that defensive line scary either? <laughs> I mean, no. with the exception maybe like three maybe like three or four guys, but does anybody really scare you from that? So I don't know. No. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm kind of lost for words here. <laughs> you listen to you listen to Second City Sports, the Friday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports on Chicago. I'm Sid Deslakina. You can get at us at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. <clears throat> Type in your questions and comments in the comments section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. Staying with the NFL uh, topics, we await our guests. Uh, the headline here is, who is the Amazon considering for Thursday night football coverage? Of course, they have Carissa Thompson, Richard Sherman, and Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tony Gonzalez for their uh, pregame show. But they're considering Pat McAfee and recently let go from NBC. Mr. Drew Brees. You're muted, Lakina. Darn muted. They get the, okay. the, not <laughs> there we go. But uh, yeah, I mean, hmm, that's interesting that they have the, those relays. I saw uh, Brees' name. I think he's more suited for the studio than the you know, game analyst, but mm -hmm. that, that's probably you know, better where he is. You know, Pat McAfee, that might be <laughs> that might be interesting since his, his podcast is so wildly popular and such. Yeah, so, and he's doing yeah. it without a major network backing him either. Right. He's off of the Barstool uh, network. Yeah, so you know the fact that it's still a, a, a huge, you know, a huge podcast, probably one of the top podcasts in the country. You know, among all sort of, all the genres. So yeah, that'd be interesting though. So it, it makes me, it, it strikes me as that you know they're trying to kind of get into that you know, sort of challenge. But I feel like I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like the uh, the pregames aren't really the NFL pregame shows are kind of not like where it's at anymore. Yeah, that's that's where the big money is. Of course, Fox is still number one, uh, followed by CBS and of course Football Night in America on NBC. So I know that Amazon wants to make a big splash here, and why not? They still have a, a recognizable former players that'll lead that bunch, and I'll, I'm interested to see how that chemistry goes. They'll get that chance in September. I think uh, the Chiefs and Chargers will open up that Thursday mm -hmm. night schedule. Yep, yep. So, you know, they got a heck of a game to uh, to open up. You know, for their for that they look. They wanted to get into the uh, the live sports game, so and they've done that so far. We'll see how they do mm -hmm. in the NFL because that's going to be sort of the key for me. And I and I think look, they've got a pretty solid schedule. I got the Thursday schedule. We got uh, Chargers and Chiefs. That's going to be the first game on the fifteenth. You got the uh, the Steelers and the Browns, you know, a totally different look Steelers team. 
And of course, you know, the Bears will be a part of that too in week six as they host the, the Crusaders. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, look, they, they got a pretty solid Crusaders. Schedule. Oh, that was Commanders. Oh, the Commanders. Well, Commanders. Oh, well, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> they should have been the It's Crusaders. Friday, folks. <laughs> it's Friday. What can I say? Uh, you got the Saints and the, the Cardinals among some of the other uh, matchups here. But yeah, I, I feel like. You know, this is actually a pretty solid schedule for a Thursday night. And, uh, yeah, I'll get to you in a second, uh, Andrew. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see, like, you know, how, how it all goes and such. And, you know, you got, you know, Al Michaels and Curve Herbert, of course, going to be calling the games. So that, that's going to be kind of mm-hmm. be where, where it is. Like, look, like, like, like Amazon wanted to make a big splash. We'll see if they make that big splash. And speaking of making a big splash, ESPN uh, Hall of Famer Randy Moss He's still going to stay at the network, but he will not be doing NFL countdown anymore. He'll be replaced by RG3, i.e. Robert Griffith III. This is a great move for ESPN. Yeah, I think that's definitely a great move. I think he wanted to lighten his schedule because he's got he's got other projects, you know, going on. So he probably mm-hmm. wanted to kind of, you know, it was, it was tough, you know, you know, doing that, especially since you're going to be on site for some of these games on Monday night. Mm-hmm. So that's why. And of course, RG3 is still going to be doing college football, folks. So don't don't worry. He's still going to be doing college football because he does both. I'm talking about RG3. I mean, so yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I don't mind that. I mean, I think, look, I think look, they did a, you know, look, we know we seen him on Get Up. We saw him call games last year on ESPN. So. Mm-hmm. That I, I'm sure RG3 can do it. You know, he's a smart, we know he's a very smart guy. So, like, he's going to be just fine. So, this is a good move by ESPN. And, and so, look, we'll still, you'll still see Randy Boss is going to be doing, you know, it's going to be custody on Sunday NFL countdown. And also, too, staying with ESPN, this, uh, the second crew of Monday Night Football, they'll do three games. Steve Levy, Lewis Ray, and Sideline reporter Lauren Rutledge will be part of the team again this year. Of course, the number one team is Joe Bucket, Troy Amon, both of them coming over from Fox, and they'll do the all the Monday Night Football games this year. But the backup crew, they'll do three games this year, including one at the end of the regular season and one, I believe, during the middle of the season. I think it's overseas on ESPN+. Plus. It'll be, of course, Steve Levy, Lauren Rutledge, and Lewis Riddick. Yeah, and of course, it's sort of an interesting move that they they've re-signed both of them, all three of them, to new deals. Of course, you know Steve Lee will be doing the NFL games on Sunday this year, so Sunday night games this year. So that's mm-hmm. actually a pretty good move. And of course, Lewis Rick will be doing college games. He'll be doing the Thursday night games uh, this year. So you know for ESPN, and of course, uh, of course, you know, Dan Orlovsky will be doing. Uh, you know, the college football games as well. And of course, you know, Laura Rogers will be hosting SEC Nation, you know, and, and such. And also, too, of course, she'll be still be doing the uh, the lead host for NFL Live. So this is sort of, a, you know, this is definitely a nice uh, upgrade uh, for ESPN. And of course, they may, if they do well together, they're probably, again, with more games coming to ESPN next year, that'll be an opportunity for them to probably do more games together. So this, this is definitely a trial one for the, the three, uh, the three, uh, three game trial run. I gotta look up their schedule because I know I think I had it right there. But uh, yeah, this is a good move that they, you know, they kind of kept. Of course, Orlovsky replaces Brian Greasy, who's now the the QB coach for mm-hmm. the 49ers. So yeah, this is sort of like a cool, like you know, yeah. I think Orlovsky. We know we know he's good. He's good. He's smart as well. So yeah. Again, missing an opportunity there with the you know with him and if, assuming if Alex Smith, you know, still is going to be doing uh, stuff this year. But uh, yeah. Oh, I got it right here. Uh, they'll be doing week two, uh, the Titans and the Bills. That'll be on the nineteenth. That's part of that double header. Uh, Denver and Jacksonville. That'll be week eight. That'll be at Wembley Stadium on in London. And yeah, that's the ESPN Plus game. 
Yep, that'll be exclusive on ESPN Plus. It'll be part of the Saturday doubleheader on January 7th. You know, starts at 4.15 and 8 o'clock. And they'll be doing both the preseason games, including Chicago and Seattle on August 18th, and Atlanta and the Jets on the 22nd. So, yep, that's yeah, that's going to be what they're going to be doing. And, and with, like I said, there'll be probably opportunity for more games once the new, the new TV deal kicks in next year. You're listening to Second City Sports. We're live in the Living Color, the Friday edition right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you. Uh, we still have some time before the bottom of the hour, Lakina. Uh, Sid's going to do the old switcheroo on you. We're going to discuss this uh, in more detail with our girl, Christine Manica, coming up. But I want to go talk about some golf. Uh, this, uh, round two of the Open at St. Andrews is taking place right now. Cameron Smith of Australia has a score of minus 13, followed by USA's Cameron Young at minus 11. Roy McElroy is at minus 10. Dustin Johnson minus 9. And Tyrell Hayton, uh, Hatton rather, is at minus 8. Tiger Woods finished up his round today. Got an emotional ovation from the crowd. He didn't look good, Lakina. Yours truly, no pun intended, wanted to cry. Of course, uh, hoping it gets hope that you're surely one was going to watch him tomorrow and Sunday. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get that now. <laughs> yeah, that's like, this, like in like the like the bottom tier. He's like you know ten to last. Yeah, or he's not going to make the cut. Yeah, a couple of guys had to uh, had to um, pull out. Of course, including a uh, former U.S. Open champ Justin Rose. He didn't look good, and look, he said it. it is, if you saw his comments, you know he looked. He did not look good, and of course, mm-hmm. I understand he wanted to kind of. This is the 150th Open. It's at a place in St. Andrews. He won his first Open there. Mm-hmm. That place is still is still near and dear to his heart. The other folks there love him, but mm-hmm. it, it just he just didn't look good, and you know, d- you know that that I I I saw. Of course, you know his uh his his first round you know was like really early in the morning, so I didn't see it, but I saw the highlights. And it just it just wasn't good at all. Like I said, well, I'm sure you know our old Chrissy will get we'll we'll get more in depth to it with her in a little bit. But it, mm-hmm. it's definitely like it, I don't want to say that this is only the fourth time in history that he missed a cut at the Open. So I, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I don't want to say this is the beginning the end for Tiger because you never want to type you know count Tiger out. But it yeah 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 that, that was it. the same thoughts that I had. You definitely don't want to count them out, but is this the beginning of the end? And did he uh, he said this during the Masters, even though that was a more symbolic moment more than anything else. Did he come back too soon? Could you say, ask the same question here at the Open, even though he took the previous big tournament off before this one? Do you think he I, should have attempted to play in this one? Well, he took the U.S. Open off, and you know, that, that's, still- that's what I'm saying. Like, should she have even been playing in the Open? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I know he, I know I, he said he really wanted to play like, like, a, like for the reasons I said Earl just a, you know, about a minute ago, mm-hmm. I, I, I honestly don't know. Like, where does he go from here? I mean, it's high for, you know, 140th place, you know, as of right now. And at plus nine, of course, the cut line for those you're wondering, is at even, un, even at even. So definitely not going to mm-hmm. make the cut there, but yeah, I mean, you just feel for him and I hope he can bounce back, but it's going to be very tough because I don't know. It'll be interesting now. Like I said, we'll get more in depth with, with, with our girl Christine in a little bit. You know, again, we'll talk about the two cams at the top right now in the tournament. Of course, a couple, you know, Rory McIlroy and Dustin Johnson, of course, you know, as well. So you got a, you got a nice, you got a nice uh, mix of both, you know, current guys and, uh, you know, new guys too. So interesting to see what happens there. But, uh, but uh, look, I think our girl is here. We can actually talk to her right now if you want. 
Yes, let's bring her in. She had the last couple of weeks off, and, and this is her time to shine. Let's bring in our closer, the one, the only from KXRB Radio, our hometown girl, Miss Christine, the Queen Manica. What's up, Yay. Christine? Hi, how's it going? Good, how are you? Nah, it's been a quick week, I'll say. <laughs> it feels like, yeah, I feel like this week has gone by quick. It's, yeah. I know it's raining. It's raining over here right now. It's like totally like oh, rain on here. It's sunny here. Oh, you guys are lucky. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we were just talking about the open and we're talking about Tiger. Well, let's talk about Tiger first and we'll get into like, you know, more yeah. in depth with the open. What do you think? Because I know you, and I'm sure you saw well the highlights of his round. Of course, his round was like first round was very early in the morning. I saw him finish up this, uh, this morning. Uh, what, what do you think? I mean, nine over, not going to make the cut. Didn't look good. He wasn't very happy. <laughs> well, what's your thoughts on this? You know, I don't think it's a secret that St. Andrew, the course there is, it's very challenging. I think it's kind of similar to what the master's course is in Augusta. So we all knew that this was going to be, be challenging for him going in, especially, you know, just having him pull out of the U S open and then drop out of the tournament before that. We all knew that the Masters really did a number on him. And there was a little bit of hope that maybe after taking time out of the U.S. Open that he'd be able to come back and perform well for uh, St. Andrew. Um, unfortunately, that's what didn't happen this time around. Um, can we suggest that maybe Tiger pushed it a little bit too much this year? Yeah, I, I could. One can argue that for sure. Um, but like I said in the beginning when he did the Masters, I think he just wanted to prove a point to everybody that he can do it and that he can still compete. Now, it's not the result that he wanted, but it's something for him to grow on. And if you know the type of athlete that Tiger is, he's not going to give up easily, you know, and he some I think a reporter asked him if he's going to retire and he's like retiring. That's not even <laughs> the first thing. He's like, I'm not even thinking about that. I'm just thinking about playing and getting back to my game. So I, I think he's going to need a little bit more time rehabilitation wise and trying to figure out how to work his body with his um, leg and get that strength back up and going because it's a tough game. I just, mm -hmm. I just got golf clubs myself and my boyfriend's been teaching me how, and it's not like, you know, you swing a club and that's it. There's a precise way to grip it. You got to mm -hmm. position yourself the right way. You got to mm -hmm. kind of guide the ball to where it needs to go. It's, it's very tough for anyone that hasn't done it before. So it can do a lot of wear and tear on your body. I was going to ask you, Christine, we know that Tiger Woods, body's built like a machine, almost like a football player, but do you think he, he at least uh, takes the rest of this year off to uh, have more extra time to rebuilding and come back strong for 2023? By time off, you mean not do, during not doing do any more tournaments? Yeah, like yes. I definitely think he's going to take time off. Is he still going to be working in the gym and still working on the course? Yeah, of course you're going to expect to see him. He's not going to he's not going to take totally time off from doing that because Tiger's buff. Like he was buff back then, but ever since his injury, the guy's huge from the waist up. So he's got the strength and the ability. He's just got to match his lower body with his upper body. Well, let's now real quick before we go to break. Let's talk about you know out there you know, outside of Tiger the Open itself. You know, pretty a pretty solid leaderboard after we just like we like I just mentioned. You know, you got a little bit of you got Cameron Smith who played you know in top ten in the Masters. He's leading right now. I've got another Cam Cam Young who this is his first open. He's playing very well, of course. But then you've got, 
you know, Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, Scotty Scheffler. So you got a you got a cool mix of, of course, Matt Fitzpatrick's right there as well in the top fifteen. Where where do you see this this weekend? Because it looks like the weather might not be too big of an issue, but but it's the open. So what do you think? I think Cam Smith is knocking on the door for a win. Ever since the Masters, he just wants a big win. And maybe mm-hmm. this could be his time for it. Rory McIlroy, I remember when he was kind of having a down couple of years. But now all of a sudden this year, he's come back with vengeance. And that's exciting to see in itself. Um, I feel bad for Jordan Spieth because, you know, he used to be that prodigy like what Scotty Scheffler is right now. And he's kind of been having his own downward uh, turn for the year. So he can be another Rory McIlroy and come back in 2023. But it definitely is exciting to see new faces in golf come out on top. We'll talk more with Christine when we get back about the White Sox, her uh, hits and misses from the world of baseball for the first (laughs) half of the season. We'll get into some Bulls NBA, and we'll get into her business a little bit, what's been going on with her for the last uh, couple weeks since she last joined us. We'll have that and a whole lot more. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. That's Christine. You're listening to the Friday edition of of Second City Sports Live in Living Color right here on SportsZone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash, powered by the Score app, SportsZone Chicago. The Chicago White Sox pounded out 17 hits yesterday in a 12-2 route of the Minnesota Twins at Target Field in Minneapolis. Starter Johnny Cueto went six innings, giving up one earned run and striking out five while walking two as he improved to 4-4 four and four on the season. The White Sox now 44-45 and 45 and trail first place Minnesota by four games. The two teams are back at it tonight. The Cubs couldn't get anything going yesterday. They were blanked by the Mets. 8-0 the final score. Keegan Thompson suffered the loss. He went four and a third, giving up five earned runs, striking out one while walking four in the loss. He drops to seven and four. The Chicago Bulls were winners over the Charlotte Hornets yesterday in the NBA Summer League. 89-73. Dalen Terry with 20 points and five rebounds for Chicago. The Bulls now three and one in the Summer League in Las Vegas. Chicago's back in action tomorrow night when they take on the Philadelphia 76ers inside Cox Pavilion in Las Vegas. For lightning fast sports updates on scores as they happen, download the free score app today. It's absolutely free. I'm John Thayer on SportsZone Chicago. Research shows listeners don't like it when ads interrupt their music. So to help you remember that Liberty Mutual customizes home insurance, we made this ad optional. If you want to skip this ad, remove your left earphone. Liberty Mutual customizes home insurance, so you only pay for what you need. If you're missing this informative ad, you must love wasting your cash. It's the easy and smart way to save. Now it's all been said, so if that earphone was out, put it back in your head. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. At the United States Postal Service, we deliver with advanced technology and equipment so we can reach over 160 million addresses across the country. We're delivering for thinkers, doers, movers, shakers, groundbreakers, future makers, innovators, trailblazers, disruptors, streamers, dreamers. So no matter what business you're in, we'll always be delivering for you. USPS, delivering for America. Learn more at usps.com slash delivering.
Welcome back to Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. That's Christine from KXRB. We're in our last break of the show for the day and for the week. And if you want to contact us during our last half hour of the show, you can do so by going to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But before we get back into it, we must remind you guys, sport, you can now access Sports Zone Chicago via Roku TV. That's why you have a Roku television. Uh, uh, dig into that sports section and dial up Sports Zone Chicago. That's right. Liam Hendricks says Sports Zone <laughs> Chicago is now on Roku. That's right. If you oh, don't have it. a Roku TV, download that app. Type in this, uh, get into that sports section and type in Sports Zone Chicago. Display that app next to the ESPN app, your Disney Plus app, wherever those silly, other silly apps you have on your screen. Mm -hmm. So make sure you catch Sports Zone Chicago 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, and seven days a week right there on your Roku television. I love it. I love it. So, uh, Christine, you know, we're gonna, we got a lot to get, you know, get to you know, talk with you about. So let's start with uh, the White Sox. Of course, the they've won three in a row. We, Sid and I have been saying this. It's like, is this going to be sort of like the time when the Sox are starting to kind of get their run going and whatnot? You know, all the, the rumors and such. Yeah. What, what do you think about all this stuff that's been coming up the last couple of weeks since you've been gone? Um, you, you know, of course they start winning after I see them play on July 4th, you know? That, that, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, what a way to start out another series with the Twins after that unfortunate triple play incident that they had mm -hmm. with them. Luis Roberts with that grand slam last night. I mean, talk about mm -hmm. a – Forget you and your triple play. I just got a grand slam off you. <laughs> uh, speaking of the White, White Sox, Christine, we know that the offense has come alive these last few games, but talk about their starting pitching. Lance Lynn, I'm still worried about him. He didn't look that great on Monday uh, in their loss to Cleveland. He starts tomorrow, but Lucas Giolito has turned it around. Dylan Cease is still Dylan Cease, but Johnny Cueto really showed me something last night. In my opinion, he's the second best pitcher on the team next to Dylan Cease. Yeah, you know, I think I go back between him and um, Lucas Giolito. When I saw him um, on the July fourth game, I was fairly impressed. You know, he was holding his own out on the mound, and, and quite frankly, the pitching was the only thing that was really solid that night. The hitting wasn't too great besides that Abreu home run. And, you know, it was just pretty lackluster, whether it's because of those rumors or it's because of whatever the clubhouse energy is going on right now. It's just, it, it, you know, it, it's all about hitting too as much as it is pitching. So I'm looking forward to see him pitch tomorrow in the, in the series. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see, you know, with this team, because, I'm waiting for it. We've been talking about it. We talked about it like, you know, for the last like half hour <laughs> early on. <laughs> it's sort of like, okay, is this going to be the series that they started, you know, turn the corner? You know, this is right before the All-Star break. If they can perhaps maybe get three out, win three out of four against the Twins. What, what, do you think that can happen? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't count them out about it. Now, if, if they win this game tonight, that's knock on wood, they'll, they'll be back to 500, which is a great number because we haven't seen it in a long time with this mm -hmm. team. So if they at least split the series with the Twins or win the majority of the games, I think they'll be in pretty good shape. You just can't let them run away with it. As we said before, both Minnesota and Cleveland, they're, they're not going to run away with this division. The Sox just get hot for two weeks, 
then not just back in it, they're they're going to lead this division. And mm-hmm. uh, give Minnesota credit, they have taken advantage of the early easy part of their schedule. Uh, they're going through injuries right now. They're starting pitching, including Sonny Gray, who got tattooed last night, has not been impressive. Cleveland, who I thought that was going to be a surprise to take out. You know, they beat Minnesota the last two weeks in both the series that they played, and yeah. they haven't gotten it done for them. I know Shane Bieber shut down the Sox on Monday, but with that being said, Cleveland has to take it off. So uh, the White Sox, the, the 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 opportunities ahead of them, and they got to take advantage because after this weekend at Minnesota, you host Cleveland for four games, including that doubleheader next Saturday. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this is the, the the time is now. They're currently 3-2 on this eight-game road trip. Michael Kopech, I was there last Sunday. He he didn't look great against Detroit, but he didn't lose it for the Sox either. So, yes, it's Detroit, but uh, he kept a minute. But he needs to, in my opinion, have, have a bounce-back game tonight. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, and you're right. And I, and I feel like this is sort of one of those things where, hmm, this is going to be very interesting to see what, what happens here. All right, and, and join us right now. He's formerly of ESPN 1000. Now he hosts his own podcast with – Florida Norman Dame uh, fighting Irish quarterback Malik, uh, Malik Zaire. It's called the Lucky Left Podcast. He's a good friend of the show. Let's please welcome him back. I'll call him the messenger, Mr. Sean Davis. Sean, welcome back to the Yay! show, my friend. Everybody, no, how are you guys doing today? Thanks for having me. And Sean, no problem, no problem. And Sean, this is Christine. She works for KXRB, which is an ESPN radio affiliate in Sioux Falls. Thank you. How are you doing, Christine? I'm good. How are you? I always like it when Notre Dame comes in the conversation. So already am a fan. Absolutely. And Lakina, thank you so much for your soap updates. I oh, like well, thank you. Oh, thank you. I try. I try. I try. <laughs> <laughs> well, it says, look, since we're all here and such, we were just talking about the White Sox, Sean, yeah. just now. And uh, what's your thoughts? And for people who who, who, who don't follow you on Twitter, you, you should, because his White Sox takes are like pretty much like mine. So <laughs> yeah. what, are, what, are your thoughts, what are your thoughts on the White Sox <laughs> so far? Uh, I mean, the, the ultimate thought right now is they sit, what, four games out of first place, one game under 500 is disappointing, right, thus mm-hmm. far this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, expectations were much higher than this. I think everybody can agree that we came in thinking World Series. And I really think the players in the locker room came into the season with expectations of winning the World Series. Unfortunately, for whatever reason, things haven't clicked up to this point. Health has been a major issue going back to the second half of last season into the playoffs and beginning this year. So, you know, if they can get healthy and hopefully continue to have some of the same exuberance we saw in the dugout last night with that 12-2 win up in Minneapolis, things will bode well. I mean, they can go on a nice little 8-10 game winning streak, and the next thing you know, they're in first place. I mean, that's just how quickly things can turn around in baseball. We've just seen it with Baltimore in the street. They've gone on and what Seattle is doing on this current street to now being in the playoffs after being 10 games under 500. So that's why they play a full 162-game schedule. And hopefully, you know, the second half is going to bring a much better brand of baseball to the south side of Chicago. Sean, talk about the starting pitcher for the White Sox. As I said, Dylan Cease is Dylan Cease, who, sh- who should have been an all-star, but that's all another conversation. Uh, Michael Kobach, this is a big game for him, in my opinion, tonight. Um, Lance Lynn, he pitches tomorrow. He didn't look that great in his last start uh, against Cleveland. But Johnny Cueto, really st- he's really stepped up since, since he's been uh, called up and been able to replace Lance Lynn because Lynn was hurt to start the year. But last night, 
Johnny Cueto really showed me something. He got into a couple of jams, but pitched his way out of it. But it helped that the offense actually got back on track. Talk about Johnny Cueto. In my opinion, he's the second best pitcher on this team behind Dylan Cease. Johnny Cueto might be the most important pitcher on this staff. In the first half where this team was really struggling, he broke a lot of losing streaks and started a lot of winning streaks when they really didn't have anyone because of injury and some other things. Mm -hmm. We know the injury to Kopech that he's pitching through, and he's going to have to continue to pitch through for the rest of the season. According to the training staff, uh, Giolito was injured in the first half. Of course, um, the bullpen with Bummer and missing Hendricks, they've gone through injury. I mean, injuries have pretty much ravaged this entire roster, man. And then we get a big guy back, our ace, and I think he's still trying to get his footing. And I think we'll see a better, you know, pitching performance from Lance Lynn in the second half. If they can just be who they are. Well, Michael Kopech, you have to understand, he's really going through the same learning curve that Dylan Cease had to go through, which is learning how to be a starter and going through the up and downs and understanding I don't have my stuff. How can I still go out there and win a game when I don't have my control and fight through it? The same lessons that Dylan Cease had to learn. His first two seasons as a starter. This is Michael Kopech's first full season as a starter. He's going through the same learning curve. So having those guys as a one-two over the next three years is a good feeling. And right now, if Giolito can just become the steady influence that he's been for this pitching staff and the starting pitching staff over the previous two years and get back to that really, really good outing What he went – Five and a third up in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. He was upset. You know, he walked that last batter, and Ronaldo Lopez came in to bail him out. But that was a big performance, you know, to get them back, you know, being able to leave Cleveland with a split instead of losing three out of four. So, you know, the pitching staff, just like the rest of the team, has been a slight disappointment. But, you know, you have to throw in injuries and some other factors. But I do see better things on the horizon for this pitching staff and the staff overall. Let's hope that happens. So, okay, I want to talk. Yeah, I want to talk to you guys about this. The NBA, all the craziness. So we'll start with you know, with the Bulls. You know, Andre Drummond. You know, Goran Dragic. Does it like it's? Looks like maybe Lonzo might still be a little ways away. I didn't like you know AK's comments about it, but uh, Christina, I'll start with you. Where do you see the Bulls at this point? Do you see them making any more moves? Apparently, well, you know, every team wants Kevin Durant. So Kevin Durant, <laughs> Kevin Durant may go to the Lyft tour. I don't know. No matter, he's gonna end up somewhere. Um, I, I don't think Chicago's gonna get KD. As much as people want that to happen, it's not gonna happen anywhere. I don't think anything major is going to happen compared to the previous seasons with the Bulls, just because they have shown a lot of improvement since then. You know, Billy Donovan, I've said it since they hired him. That was a great hire, and he was really going to turn this team around and turn it into a team that wants to win a championship instead of just kind of inching their way towards it and just say, oh, never mind, we'll make the playoffs next year and whatever. And I, uh, th there's more drama around this player, Tristan Thompson. I hope they kind of bring him back a little bit just because I think he was an asset towards the, the end of the season and was able to be a playmaker off the bench for them. Sean? I'm encouraged. And you mentioned Lonzo Ball. His injury, I think they've put themselves in a really – 
one of the greatest things that happened for this team was, first of all, getting Ayo DeSumo where they got him in the draft, uh, who's a national player a year in college the year before. But him learning and having to play the point guard position as early as he did and having the success that he did. He went through some growing pains late in the season, but I think he's going to be able to come back. You get a combination of him and Goran Dragic to play that position. And, you know, Ayo is going to be one of the, the heads there defensively. He kind of gives you what Lonzo gave you defensively on the floor. Not as long, but he can defend some of the better perimeter players for you. And shooting is going to be the key, right? Because that was that was the improvement that Lonzo really brought, defense and shooting. Like he was shooting that three-point clip at an all-time high in his career before he got injured. And that really allowed the players – that have the ball the most and have the highest usage, which is Zach and DeMar, to really go to work because they had space. Lonzo was knocking it down from the corner. He was knocking it down from the angle up top. So that spacing is what the Bulls are really going to need. And I think they're starting to get the players that can possibly give them some of that spacing. But also, at various points in the game, kind of lower that usage for DeMar and Zach so they don't get worn out. And so they will have some extra juice, especially Zach coming off the back issue, the knee issue. We really don't want to have Zach to be at like 24, 25% PER, you know, going into the season. We can get Zach under 20 and still be successful as a team and get better defensively with the addition of Drummond, as you spoke about. And, you know, I like what I've seen from Terry in summer league. I like the extra 20 uh, pounds of muscle that Samanovich has thrown on, and maybe he can be a back-end guy, you know, to uh, – in the middle there on the back end. I mean, let's be honest. This team is not a contender to win the East. Like, no one is thinking the Bulls are going to win the East next year. But no one came into the season thinking that they would be the number one seed for, like, the first 40 games either. You know, so you just never know. I think Mark Eversley and AK have done a good job of retooling this roster on the run. And Bulls fans should be really excited about the next step that they can take as a team. Sean Davis, a co-host of the Lucky Left podcast, a former uh, ESPN 1000 personality and producer, is joining us right here on Second City Sports. We're live in the Living Code, the Friday edition. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. It's Christine. Sean, staying with the NBA. We talked about Kevin Durant a moment ago. Uh, Kyrie Irving, some people listen to some people that, that they say it's a foregone conclusion. He's going to join LeBron. Uh in Los Angeles to play for the Lakers. It's all about posturing at this point. Do you see Kyrie uh, being traded before training camp? Or will you think this is going to linger on to at least the early part of the season? I just, I don't know. LeBron just must be a glutton for punishment. <laughs> oh boy. You, you want to go through this again? But I guess, you know, when he's looking at the options, it's really like what's the lesser of two evils? as far as winning a championship, and that might be Kyrie, you know, in comparison to Russell Westbrook. But at the end of the day, you know, the competition in the West is so fierce. And honestly, you know, unless he goes to another organization, LeBron literally might have won his last championship in the NBA. Like, we might be looking at that. He's still going to be one of the top five players all in the league. I, I believe that with everything within me. I don't doubt that. But just looking at the makeup of that team, and even if they get Kyrie, you know, they'll have a chance. 
But it's going to be really, really tough when you think about Golden State coming back. You think about Memphis. And right. Think about all the other. Dallas is going to be vastly improved with the Christian Wood move. And Maluka getting better. He looks like he went over there a year and dropped 10 pounds instantly. <laughs> he playing over there. Okay. I don't know what his diet is over there. But, yeah, it's just not looking good. For LeBron and the Lakers, regardless of the moves that they make. And then with Jeannie Buss coming out, talking about her having issues with mortgaging her future, you know, to appease the current current roster. You know, I think there's a little infighting there with what went on last year and them kind of, you know, capitulating to LeBron and, and wanting Russell Westbrook and them, you know, trying to take control of their organization back, as they say. And uh, no, ultimately, I think Kyrie ends up in L.A. I just don't know if it's before the season or in the midst of the season. How do you feel about it, Christine? You know, I think it's pretty obvious where Kyrie stands on a lot of different different issues. Right. And the fact that he's saying, oh, maybe I should try going to L.A. If he had a hard time playing games in New York. What do you think California is gonna do to him? But like, like what? What is the logic behind that? I, that doesn't make any sense. You're just going from one tough situation to an even tougher situation when it comes to you know that realm and and whatnot. So if he wants to go anywhere, go somewhere where you know what he thinks about the pandemic is okay for him to play and not be sitting on the bench for some games. So maybe he should look at that instead of, ah, you know, I'll go to a bigger, better team, team up with LeBron again, maybe <laughs> give him a couple more headaches here and there. An ulcer, that's always an option too. To, to <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't think LA would be a good fit for him. I, I agree with you, Sean. It, it just, it doesn't make sense to go through that headache again. It'll be, it'll be interesting. Now, what now? now I'll, <clears throat> Before we get to the college uh, stuff, so I know you both have thoughts on that. Uh, what about what's it you think? What guys is going to take to get to get KD? Sean, I'll start with you. Well, because apparently, I guess you know the the Knicks. Uh, well, no, no, not not. I'm talking about Donovan Mitchell now, but the Knicks apparently, you know, they and the Jazz. You know, the, apparently the Jazz want like half the Knicks roster, like half their future picks and such. You know, I guess you know, the Knicks told them no and whatnot. So, do you think Donovan Mitchell gets traded? And if so, what? Where do you think? I know Miami. I know. That that that's been you know rumored as well. What do you think? Well, start, Sean, I'll start with you. It's always someone just obscure that changes the market, whether it's you know salaries or it's trade. And once again, Rudy Gobert has totally changed the market in the NBA. And once again, who is it? Who is it as a GM that's spearheading everything? Danny Ainge, the same way he did in Boston. <laughs> When he traded KG and Paul Pierce to Brooklyn, which ultimately pretty much led to the current Boston Celtics roster we saw make the mm-hmm. NBA Finals and the run that they've been on with those young players. And Danny Ainge is, you know, he's doing the same thing in Utah. He's cleaning house. I think the Donovan Mitchell probably pulls down four first that first round picks or first round swaps. Uh, with the New York Knicks, I do think the deal gets done before the season. And just to think that we're in 2022 and we have at least 
three to four teams that are openly, openly, not even hiding it, openly tanking <laughs> for next year's number one pick. Like it's not, they're not even trying to hide it. That's just like, yep, we want the guy from France. We're gonna do everything in our power to make sure we have a chance to get him on our team. And <laughs> even Pop, well, I mean, Pop did it once to get Tim Duncan. I guess he figures, hey, let me try it again. So it, the market is crazy. And KD, if a trade is ever done, you're talking about a young player that Marks is asking for, upwards of four to five first-round picks. It's, you know, I don't know if they eventually get that. But, yeah, the market is being reset by that trade to Minnesota when Utah sent them to uh, send Rudy Gobert to Minnesota. What are your thoughts, Christine? I think Katie could pull a Tom Brady and surprise everybody with the team that he's going to. I mean, who would have thought that Tom Brady would end up in Tampa Bay? When you heard Tampa Bay, you're like, is that guy for real? Like, he's not going to win in Tampa Bay. No way. So maybe it could be one of those teams that – that you said, Sean, are outwardly just being horrible and they're not even trying to hide it. And maybe he wants to try to grow an organization that way. And when it comes to Kyrie, I don't know, pick a team that wants to deal with the head case. There you go. There's your match. So it's it's kind of all up in the air. Yeah. <laughs> We're heading down the home stretch with our guys, Sean Davis from the Lucky Left Podcast right here on Second City Sports, the Friday edition. Sid Lakina Christine here with you live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sean, let's get into it. College football, of course, USC and UCLA, they're going to join the Big Ten in a couple of years. Of course, we all know that SEC is getting two new members of Oklahoma and Texas in a couple of years. Uh, the expansion of the college football playoff cannot be discussed until after the 2025 season. Uh, the team that you cover, Notre Dame, finally Irish. Some people say uh, eventually with a – <laughs> yeah, I'm going to ask it. I'm going to ask it. Uh, with the with, yeah, with the Big Ten shelling out that money, um, uh, um, with the with those schools, uh, it, it has to be a foregone conclusion that Notre Dame is going to join the Big Ten, right? Right? Or should they stay independent for now? Stay independent for now. Um, I eventually it will happen, but. Notre Dame is in a position where they're not in a rush to make a decision, nor do they have to. And that's just speaking contractually. I think what we're seeing is the SEC and the Big Ten understanding that, you know, because they've been at the table for expansion for the last two to three years. And the fact that the last meeting they had in Chicago, Jack Swarbrick didn't even show up because he basically knew nothing's coming of this. And, of course, they tabled it. The contract is up in 25. After the 25 season, we'll see expansion. That's when it's going to happen. Whether it's 18, 12 teams, we know that it's three seasons away. Everybody in college football knows that. So now you have the Big Ten and SEC setting the table for what is to come. And that's what we're really getting. And the main reason we didn't get expansion is because the SEC, who – has won the majority of national championships lately. They came to the table and tried to bully ball all the other conferences with guarantees and mandatory things to help the teams in their conference uh, have a better shot for the playoffs. And the Big Ten said no and backed away, as they should have, because the Big Ten is the only on the conference 
from an economic standpoint that can rival what the SEC does or even garner a television contract anywhere near or revenue anywhere near the SEC. So with all of that being said, Notre Dame can afford to be patient. Their contract with NBC is up after the 23 season. Oh, after the 24 season. And um, Mm -hmm. this is, you have to watch this. There is a possibility, and we spoke with Brady Quinn, who's affiliated with Fox and the Big Ten. And Mm -hmm. without saying it, he pretty much said there have been discussions about an exclusive contract between Notre Dame and Fox, regardless of whether or not they're in a conference. So because basically what we're seeing is a battle between Fox and ESPN. Like you can talk about the conferences. It's really a it's really a, a media battle of giants between Fox and ESPN. And if Fox can steal Notre Dame, regardless of their affiliation to a conference, it's a win. It's a win. And they might be able to get them cheaper exclusively than they would have to pay them within a conference deal. So that's something to look out for. Something else for me to look out for is that I think CBS. So even though CBS is losing the SEC, they still have an investment to Mountain West, the MAC, the AAC, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of other conferences on their CBS sports uh, package. And if they had someone like Notre Dame to headline the package on CBS and still be able to filter down and get revenue from those other conferences, that would be great and much cheaper than what they've had to pay or to meet the $300 million price tag that ESPN is reportedly giving up for the SEC. So Notre Dame is really going to wait, be patient, let the landscape play out, see what the playoff picture looks like. The only thing that can really force their hand is that if you get these two big super conferences and they say to Notre Dame, you can't get into the playoffs unless you're part of a conference. At that point, Notre Dame's back will be up against the wall and they will be forced to make a decision. But even in that position, it's still going to be a bidding war between the Big Ten and the SEC because it's Notre yeah. Dame. Yeah. Like both conferences would want Notre Dame. So it's still going to be a bidding war. So Notre Dame is in a good position. And Jack Swarbrick has been out front and honest and transparent and saying, we're going to wait and see how things play out. And that's just the stance they have right now. But eventually, the way things are going, Sid, yeah, more than likely, <laughs> years down the road, for various reasons, they'll probably end up in a conference. Christine, you're not going to add this one, my, my friend. You're, you're I, also I, I think, you know, Notre Dame has a long-standing history of being independent. Mm-hmm. And that gives them the freelancer to speak of playing against whoever they want to play. So when these teams go to the big 10 and other, and all these other conferences, it doesn't really affect them that much because they can still play whoever they want. Mm -hmm. And like what you said, Sean, if they do get backed into a corner and said, Hey, you got to be a part of a conference to be in the playoffs, then yes, they would have to make that decision. But right now, because it's a Notre Dame, B, you have a bunch of media outlets competing against them. I don't see them going to a conference anytime soon just because of how much a commodity they are. 
the history behind the school and behind the program. And just that the fact everybody knows that school, everybody knows that team, whether it's because you know them for football or just the academic side of it. Notre Dame is a name-based um, facility. And no matter what happens, everyone's going to want them. And whether they play them in one conference or the other, it could actually work out both ways because they're independent and they can play whoever they want to play with both conferences. And that way, I think everybody wins that battle there. But yeah, unless they get back to the corner, I don't see it happening anytime soon. Yeah. Do you, last question as we wrap this up, do you guys think we're like one step closer to like super conferences? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to think that yet. Sean? This, this is what TV wants. The TV aspect and the Giants that are battling right now, they want the pro model AFC NFC model. That's mm -hmm. that's what they want, is it gives them better control and it's a better. They're getting more bang for their buck in that model if they can get everyone into these super conferences, right? So now it makes sense that they can pay this big contract. When you have all of these teams that are under this contract, now you don't have to give a contract to this conference, that conference. It makes more economic sense for them. So the TV side is trying to really steer it in that direction. But hopefully the presidents of these universities can get a backbone and stand up and, and let it be known that all, all money isn't good money. At what point do you sacrifice what makes college football great for revenue like there has to be a line that you won't cross mm -hmm. as you know and, and that's what honestly that's what in this situation that's what's so regardless of how you feel or what side of the coin you fall on with this notre dame situation you have to respect their desire to be independent mm -hmm. and make their own decisions like you have to respect that you have to respect that they want control over their own schedule right and and they play everybody hey in two years they have a home and home with alabama yeah. coming up mm -hmm. so it's, it's not like they're controlling their schedule and they play a soft schedule i think right now they have like the 11th strongest schedule in the nation going into the season and that will change based upon how teams play during the season but just wanting the independence that we see a lot in the music industry now coming out of an era of big labels and now coming into an era where kids are literally making a name on social media for themselves and making music at home in their basements and blowing up and not needing the big labels. You know, like it's, it's really good to see Notre Dame kind of like standing pat and just not going with the flow. So I think the TV side wants that super conference, but I truly believe at the end of the day, there are going to be some uh, some heroes, you know, and as far as presidents of universities and people, I don't know the NCAA. I don't trust them, so I I don't know <laughs> in, in that organization with a backbone. Mm -hmm. But I really think a couple of these presidents are going to stand up and say, you know what, okay, it's, it's going a little bit too far, and we want to keep college football, you know, and the sanctity of it. 
I think we'll get somewhere. In, yeah, I think we'll get somewhere in between. But uh, watch out for the for the Big Twelve and the Pac Twelve. Those conferences may merge and try to compete with the Big Ten and the SEC. So we'll see what happens with that. And great analogy, Sean, about the music business because you know mm-hmm. as well as I do, Christina. I know you're starting to learn us about this now. Uh, when we were growing up, Sean, you know, radio was the only medium to get music, mm-hmm. of course. Yeah, MTV, yeah. BET, and yeah. VH1 to uh, watch music videos. Now with social yep. media, who needs radio? They're competing against Spotify and, and yep. Pandora yep. and some of these other services. Who needs radio? Why yeah. do I need? What do I need you for? Right. Easy there. Except <laughs> 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 you, Christine. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. <laughs> She's no, part of this era too. It's a great. It's a great point, and that's not to diminish terrestrial radio, which I think is still one of the greatest art forms to be able to connect and get people to listen to you on an airway mm-hmm. when they do have those options like that. Mm-hmm. That takes mm-hmm. a gift. It takes a talent. And, you know, the people that are able to do it each and every day, you know, you tip your cap because you understand, especially coming out of that, you know, particular area over the last six years for me, I understand the grind that it is and what it takes. And I have the most profound respect for people that get up at three o'clock in the morning to do the morning show like that's thank you yeah and i think sometimes because people are talented and they make it look easy sometimes we can take it for granted but you know that's not to be taken for granted but you know at the same time it is you know a blessing to be able to say you know what i want to step away and do my own thing and, and build my way through this way i have that option when this was really the only option just 10 to 15 years ago. And that's the blessing of everything. To whereas if you put in the hard work and you're talented and you believe in yourself, you do have options out there to go and build your own path and create your own path to your own success. And that's what's best about what's going on right now, that it it doesn't diminish the importance of terrestrial radio but, you know, terrestrial radio will always be the foundation of everything. And if you can do it there, if you can do it on that platform, you definitely can be successful on all the other platforms because, mm-hmm. you know, that is the creme de la creme. Like, as Christine can tell you, man, it's a grind. It's a grind. It's a grind and coming in and not just, it's not just easy as just talking, man. Like, you have to be interesting. You have to kind of open up mm-hmm. yourself and yes. your life to people oh, yeah. because people want to be interested, not just in sports, but in you yeah. as the personality. That's why you call the radio personality. And, you know, it's a task. But once you prove yourself, then, yeah, you know, doors start to open for you and you can be successful. Like they say in New York, if you can do it here. You can do it anywhere. And that's really what it's kind of like for terrestrial radio. Like if you can get it done on terrestrial radio, uh, it's a pretty good bet that you can be successful in any other form of communication. I love that we do this like this impromptu round table. You know, we covered all different types of topics. Mm-hmm. This is sort of awesome. Because yeah. Sean was supposed to join us like a little about a half hour, about an hour ago. But I'm glad, I'm glad this happened because, you know, you know, you guys got to know each other a little bit. And so you will share some experiences and war stories and such. So. This is so much fun. We definitely got to do this again. Our thanks to, well, well, you know, Sean, before we, we let you go, you know, tell a little bit about the uh, the Lucky Left podcast that you do with um, Malik Zayer, former Notre Dame QB. Yeah. So, like I said, in January, I uh, I left ESPN 
And it was really because I really wanted to focus on college football and take my career in that direction. And in doing so, I decided to start my own podcast with Malik Zaire, who I had formed a, a relationship with. Uh, I'm a lifelong Notre Dame fan. He's a former Notre Dame quarterback. We're, yeah. both, we're both left-handed. So we started the Lucky Lefty Podcast. <laughs> and, you know, we've grown. Right now, we're approaching 2,500 subscribers, you know, just starting in August, and it continues to grow. And uh, now we've graduated from a podcast, and now it is Lucky Lefty Network. So whereas we're going to have other shows coming up, we're going to have uh, betting shows, NFL shows, NBA shows on the network now that we've grown uh, the subscriptions. And we're just looking forward to now going from being podcasters to businessmen. And that's the next step for us. So it's Lucky Lefty Podcast. You can follow us on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Lucky Lefty Pod. And you can follow me at SD2Mikes on all social media networks. Check us out. Man, we, it was great today. Uh, Wes Pritchett, who's a member of the 1988 uh, National Championship team, mm -hmm. middle linebacker. Uh, we had his son on today who's a 2025 uh, recruit being looked at by Notre Dame. So like everything was full circle for Notre Dame wow. fans to be able to talk to the son of a guy that played on the last national championship team and he's being recruited by Notre Dame. Which is crazy to think that already. Yeah, yeah I know, right? Yeah. Like, man, I yeah. felt like I aged myself by just bringing him on the show. Like, how old I am, but no. It's just been a great, great experience, and uh, we're going to continue to move forward and do great things. And we got to get you guys on to talk, especially on Fridays, because Friday we do for the culture. Friday, we talk art, music, um, wine. You know, he's a big wine. You yeah, have me at wine. Wine, oh, wine, wine, <laughs> wine whiskey, because you know he has his own whiskey brand. Yeah, and liquor brand. So he loves talking about that with individuals. So. Yeah, it's Fridays are the best shows because we talk about any and everything. Well, we definitely check out get Malik on too, you know, to talk college football. I think that would be he'd be awesome. So thanks, thanks to uh both Sean Davis. Of course, you can check out the Lucky Lefty podcast wherever you get your podcast, right, Sean? Yeah, you can uh it's on the A2S network on Apple Podcast, A2S Network, and then um YouTube. Subscribe right now, Lucky Lefty Podcast. Lucky Lefty Podcast Network is what it's officially called. So go subscribe right now. You hit the notification bell. And anytime we go live, you'll get a notification letting you know to come check us out. All right. Where people can find you on social media too, Sean. Yeah, SD2Mikes, Instagram and Twitter. SD2Mikes on Instagram and Twitter. And Christy, right. where people, can people follow, follow you for those They years? can follow me at cmanica underscore KXRB on Twitter. All right, you follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Oscar McGee on the IG. You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. <laughs> Once again, that's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. Make sure you download that uh, on Chicago app. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast at War on Anchor, Second City Sports. And make sure you follow War Media at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends.
And don't forget, Sports Hill Chicago is now on Roku TV. So make sure you have a Roku television. Uh, drop in that sports section. Type in Sports on Chicago, and you're right there. Justin Fields likes it, too. Get up, Chicago. Sports on Chicago is now on Roku TV. If you don't have a Roku TV, you can download the app. Go into the sports section and download that Sports on Chicago app today. You can watch us live on demand 365 days a year, 24 hours a day. And all the other good stuff. So make sure you, you have Roku TV. Download that Sports Hill Chicago. You can watch us live and in living color on your TV screen any time of day and night. All right, folks. So stay dry out there. Stay safe out there. Enjoy the uh, – well, by the time we, we come back, it will be the All-Star break. So enjoy that as well. Enjoy all the sports. You have, of course, the baseball, uh, golf with the Open Championship. Of course, you got WNBA action as well. So – for Sean, Christine, and Sid, I'm Lakina. This is Second City Sports on Sports Hill Chicago. If you're not going to get vaccinated, wash your hands and be good to each other. And we'll see you Monday. Go Sox. Till then, holla. <laughs>